I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 198, for the weekend starting 17 November 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, the year in smartphones with our guest, Stephen Ambrose. Well, hello there. <laughs> hello, Stephen. Uh, also this week, Tesla's new Roadster and the controversy over ANN7. It's Friday, so it's time to talk smartphones and supercars, and so much more in between. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Stephen? All good. Friday How's afternoon, it? watching the traffic. It's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> don't have to be in it. Yeah, and I'm heading the other way home, so it's <laughs> even better. Well, thanks for uh, making your way out to Randburg today to uh, to join us on Talk Central to talk about all things smartphones. And I think there's a lot to... Uh, yeah, it's been a, as we were saying earlier, this is a dippy smartphone year. I yeah. cannot believe there's so many from so many people. Yeah, and some, much, choice, yeah. some great phones as well. We're going to dive di- do a deep dive into... Uh, what some of the big manufacturers are doing well and perhaps what some of them are not doing so well. And how to save money and how to absolutely blow your budget for the next 10 years. Yes, if you're <laughs> buy an iPhone 10. Um, but before we do all of that, uh, let's just jump in and uh, do our podcast. Rachel, do you want to do the first question? Yes, certainly. The first question. Who has been appointed as the new CEO of MultiChoice South Africa? Nasdaq has share price touched new record highs this week. Why? The third question, US-based Seaborne Networks is building a new submarine cable from South Africa to Brazil. What is it called? Tesla's new Roadster accelerates from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in how many seconds? And the final question in this week's quiz, SpaceX is due this week to launch a secretive payload into space on behalf of the US government. What is the payload called? As always, we'll get to the answers to the questions at the end of the show. So, Stephen, yeah, thanks for joining us. We've... Um, We've, we thought, I, I was chatting to you the other day, and I thought, let's do a podcast since it's almost the end of the year. Absolutely. It's a month to Christmas. <coughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's hard, it always sneaks up on us yeah, so quickly, does. doesn't it? But I, th- I thought there's been so much in the smartphone space this year, and you watch the smartphone space very closely, um, and you play with a lot of gadgets. Carry a lot of them around with me <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yes. And uh, all the big manufacturers have done really interesting things this year. Um, I think we've seen some strong brands in in prior years perhaps falling a bit by the wayside and some brands really coming up climbing up the ladder huawei china's huawei comes to mind uh but let, let's talk about the big three and that's samsung apple and huawei let's 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 start with uh, samsung because they've really had a very good year last year they had the debacle with the note 7 which caught fire that's polite <laughs> disaster is more yeah. more to the point and of course they've been having ongoing issues with their management and the corruption scandal in the South Korean government. But they haven't allowed that to really um, get in the way of producing some amazing products this year. First, there was the Galaxy S8, which was launched, I think, just after Mobile World Congress. Yeah, it was. It was early March. Yeah. And and then, of course, a few months ago, they announced the Note 8. And both phones, I've had a chance to, to play with both of them, and they're both fantastic and I'll devices. And I'll a little interesting thing. You know, those are the, the flagship phones. Everyone mm-hmm. talks about those, but they're also hugely priced. But their J-series and the, the sort of other series that they've picked up mm-hmm. down, you know, that they've continued to do are actually excellent phones as well. So their entire portfolio of phones has certainly moved up a notch. And I don't know whether it was the trickle down or trickle up. But they've got a really comprehensive range of pretty solid phones at 
almost all price points. Yes. And uh, that's pretty unusual for a manufacturer because they always have one that's great and maybe one that wasn't great. Or that's the way it used to be. Yeah. But we'll talk about that now because I think smartphones have hit a sort of plateau. It's almost difficult to buy a bad smartphone. Yeah, you're Doesn't right. Doesn't matter what yeah. you do. The quality of manufacturing is difficult good. to buy a bad smartphone. If you buy a good name brand, obviously. Yeah. No, but even not. I mean, we mentioned this just earlier. Think about all the little brands, the Oppos and the OnePluses, and even some no-name brands, brands that are brought out from South Africa, uh, in, and you only find like Mint from MTN and, and some of the brands from Vodafone, their own Vodafone phones. Mm. Yeah, some of those haven't been too bad. I mean, The, the quality is really pretty amazing. They're all made in, the, in, one, in a couple of <laughs> in the same factory. <laughs> yeah. And also the technology inside has become so, I mean, everything's system on a chip. So if you yeah, use a Qualcomm mm, or you use yeah. whatever chip it is out there, mm. um, they all have very, 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 very similar sort of attributes. And they're all mass produced and you'll find the same chip in pretty much every phone. Yeah. So there's not a lot to go wrong apart from the batteries that Samsung found out. <laughs> but I mean, you've got a battery, you've got a system on a chip, you've got a radio chip and some bits and pieces and off you go. They've become so commoditized and you can buy them from from um, a handful of, of component manufacturers. And, and you're right, um, maybe before it was a case of there being a whole lot of uh, manufacturers of these components, and, you, and but now it's, the whole market's kind of consolidated, hasn't it? I think so. Mm. I, there's so much, there's more similarity amongst the top phones than there is difference. Yeah. So you start nitpicking between which one's got the best camera and which one's got the best this, and, and all the interfaces have cleaned up a large extent. There's still big differences, mm. I mean, Nokia all on about pure Android. And I must say the latest versions of Android 7 and 8 are pretty clean and pretty mm. easy to mm. use. Um, and then the other manufacturers stick their own overlays like the Oxygen, I mean, I love that name, Oxygen on the... Um, Who says Oxygen? The OnePlus. The OnePlus, oh, the OnePlus has the yes. Oxygen overlay. And mm. then uh, it used to be TouchWiz on Samsung, but they've now changed that. It's now called Samsung OS or something oh. else. I don't know what their game is but they got rid of TouchWiz they should have actually got rid of it completely but they haven't but they <laughs> they sort of hiding it better and better mm -hmm. and all these overlays actually in many cases are become the differentiator in using one phone as as, as compared to another because the cameras are pretty similar they're all made by Sony mostly mm -hmm. <laughs> and the screens and, are mostly made by the Samsung the screens are mostly made by Samsung <laughs> um, so even on the iPhone well yeah. the new iPhone X has apparently got the best screen you've ever seen ever and guess made who makes Samsung. it made by Samsung <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, it's and the memory is made by Samsung yeah. and the chips made by some crowd TMC in in Taiwan so you know we live in a world where the the, the top tech has certainly come down to yeah. a couple of hand a couple of manufacturers that do really good tech mm. but at the end of the day there's still pretty big differences between the various phones and I suppose you just need to pick what you like and, and mm. what talks mm. to you in some way or another there's certainly something for every taste and flavor and style and geek level mm. Um, I think we're living in a good time to have those PCs in our pockets. I mean, how, how a decade ago we were dreaming of a world where we can have well, this communication at our fingertips. The latest chips from Huawei, that Kirin 970, and the Bionic chip now from um, Apple are far more powerful. In fact, they benchmarked the Apple chip faster than my MacBook Pro on my desk and that I'm sitting in front of. It benchmarks faster than a fully-fledged MacBook Pro, and this is a ultra-light day and a bit lasting microcomputer in your mm. pocket so cost about the same as your macbook <laughs> <laughs> not really this is that's what bugs me it, this macbook pro should be cheaper 
Yes. But anyway, you're right. I mean, you're paying more for a phone, yeah. and that's it was announced today. The prices. Yeah, starting I'm at twenty. I'm actually quite impressed with that. Twenty thousand nine hundred, I think. Five hundred. Five hundred for, for the, the base 64, model. Yeah. And twenty three nine 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 or twenty three five hundred for the two fifty six yes. gig. And and the two fifty six gig on on iStore's pre order sold out within a matter of half an hour or something this morning. Right, if you guys well, they don't tell us how many they've got. Yeah, it must be a very limited supply. Right I would now. imagine it's pretty limited. Probably uh, a couple of hundred. I at mentioned most. this mate of mine just arrived from England and he's moaning about ADSL in Joburg, but uh, hasn't got fibre yet. Mm. But anyway, he said he placed his order the day that the pre orders start on the twenty seventh of October. And he still hasn't got his phone, and he'll probably only get it after it launches South Africa. <laughs> oh. I said, well, it just shows you. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I think they are hugely constrained, but it's still impressive they managed to launch so quickly yeah. globally. Yeah, so they, they've, they've clearly been having some issues getting that um, that uh, component on the f- top of the, oh, the face the face recognition mm-hmm. camera component. I, I think they've had some serious trouble getting that uh, mass produced. From all the reports, I mean, you don't know who to believe. This could be simply a matter of marketing you know if you want to you really want to create a buzz constrain it make people wait create a little bit of excitement around the whole thing and it may be there is a conspiracy theory that apple have no problems with manufacture they're the boss when it comes to manufacture they know how to do these things and it's all a marketing ploy on the other hand they have shoved some pretty advanced tech into the top of that uh phone and it it is it is way in excess of anything else that anyone's ever done i mean intel about four or five years ago introduced their version of the face recognition chip and it was a huge block i remember seeing it at ces the one year it was this massive block with infrared cameras it looked a little bit like the the xbox um connect connect that's how big it was. And over the years, they've slowly got it down, and now you can find it in one or two Dell products and a couple of Lenovo products. Mm. And, and, and it sits at the bottom, I think. Even your Dell? No, it doesn't have it no. yet. But they've managed to get it that small. But it's still way bigger than anyone else's. You could never put it in a smartphone. Mm. And here, Apple have gone and taken that tech plus some mm-hmm. and shoved it into the top of, of a really thin, light, small phone. So I, it's possible they had technical issues around getting well, it. Well, they also said they had to quantity. lower the quality of that sensor just to get the production up. Rumors. Rumors. And they've never, obviously, Apple never confirmed any rumor. But from, from all the reports is that it, it works amazingly well. They've not been able to um, even use twins. They've tried to get twins to, to fool it, and it didn't get fooled. Mm-hmm. There are now some reports that kids in the family are managing to unlock the phones but it's all unverified. So the technology seems to work extremely well. And it does things that, I mean, apart from those cute little emojis, you get a, you get a poop emoji looking like you and talking <laughs> like you. How exciting. I can't wait for that. But truth be told, what it makes possible in the medical, in, in the security, in all sorts of other areas where you need really deep security and face mapping and, 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 and that sort of technology, I don't think we've even begun to see some of the technology mm. that is possible with those sort of camera capabilities on a phone. So it's really interesting. And that ties in, again, to the chips we were talking about. The processing power of the, of the new Huawei and uh, uh, another conversation, Qualcomm are very upset about this, I must tell you, because they had only planned for these type of chips to come out at the end of next year, 2018. And they got pipped by... Uh, uh, first by Huawei and 
Apple quietly just did it without anyone even knowing about it. Though I think Huawei did. That's why they announced their chip two weeks before Apple did. Mm-hmm. It's always a game. Yeah. But anyway, so the quality and the power of the new generation of chips makes this type of thing totally possible. You couldn't do it before. Or, or you couldn't do it reliably before. So there's definitely a new generation of, of chip that mm. is going to create a new generation of device that will create, I think, a whole new generation of what you can possibly do on your phone. So we, that for me is probably the biggest revolution that came out this year, is that finally we've, re- we've, we've arrived at a point where you've got chipsets that are so powerful they're capable of doing so many different things that the, the phone or your smart device that you carry around is actually going to do stuff that no one even thought of in health, in sport, in, in a lot of different areas that you'll be able to use your phone to do things that you mm. actually could just not possibly do in the past. So I haven't had a chance to properly play with it yet, but I, I have had a look at the new Huawei Mate 10 Pro, and I must say that is a beautiful looking device. I think it's very Me Too looking, unfortunately. They all are these days. Yeah, well, aren't they? the truth is, you lay them all out; they all look the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, that's they're punting this AI um, processor yeah. inside this thing. What, what does it actually mean? What, what are we going to be able to do well, with it? Cast your mind back. Some of us are older than others, but remember back in the two eight six days, they ran out of real estate on the chip in order to process or to increase the power of the processor. What they added was something called a coprocessor. Maths coprocessor. And the maths coprocessor took a certain instruction set and ran it separately from the main processor, but in parallel, and spoke to the memory at the same time. It's quite a clever technical trick. But what it actually meant, that there were two processors on every motherboard. And they suddenly got much more power for not a hell of a lot more money, because the actual chip doesn't cost a lot. Now, these so-called NPUs, according to uh, Huawei, the Neural Processing Unit, and the Bionic chip is exactly that. It is a coprocessor. Uh-huh. What they've done, they've offloaded certain types of instructions to another processor, which can then focus narrowly on that. Mm-hmm. And they do, to a small extent, they keep, it's again marketing, they keep saying these are bionic and neural, and, <laughs> and they're talking about all this sort of, they're trying to imitate the human brain. The human brain works in a nonlinear way and with massive parallel computing. These are not that. So we're not there yet. It's all good it's marketing, marketing BS, but yeah. they aren't quite in that league where you're talking about massive parallel processing. But what it does do, it allows certain functions to be offloaded from the main processor. Yeah. So while that it's doing its thing, you can then run other stuff parallel and combine that input in quite a spectacular way. So um, what does it actually mean if I buy one of these phones? Does it mean I'm just going to have a faster phone or will I be able to do really new, cool new stuff? Well, it? yes. That's the point. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. Apple, with iOS 11, built the capability of utilizing this processing power deep into everything that the operating system does. So every app that's compiled using the latest uh, technology from Apple Mm -hmm. will have the capacity to use this additional instruction set and computing power to do stuff. Hence the virtual reality Mm -hmm. overlays Mm -hmm. and all these other, and the, the emoji thing using the camera. Um, Huawei on the other hand unfortunately because they're on the Android operating system and Android haven't released they've just released a beta Mm -hmm. of their API to handle this type of thing Um, it's not built into the operating system so it's a plug on so they've written very specific apps for the camera for example Mm -hmm. to recognize a veggie 
Okay. So when you point the camera and say, oh, it's food, now we'll switch everything to optimize the picture for food. It sounds you know, rather mundane, and who cares whether my camera's smart for food or smart for the weather or smart for mountains. But it indicates what ultimately would be possible. And one of the other little tricks they keep showing us is that they can sort, do some facial recognition on a picture at least 2,500 times faster than any previous chip. Sure. So what they do is, while the chip's doing its normal stuff of sorting the pictures, that offloads the, the face recognition portion to this NPU, which then whizzes through them. So in a couple of seconds, you can recognize 2,500 pictures, whereas the other phones are running five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes sure. to do a similar thing. So n right now, we aren't really utilizing the power of these chips. But that's why I'm saying it's the beginning of a revolution because this is the next generation of processor. It's, it's, it's the same way as they went from the 286 to the 386 and with a co and then eventually they lost the coprocessor. They built that capacity mm -hmm. into the processor itself. Ultimately, that's where we're going. So the next gen of chip may or may not have an NPU, but it'll be more powerful than the old version with an NPU. Mm -hmm. and that will allow processing and stuff to happen on a device that we couldn't even begin to, to, to talk about. And some of them, like, for example, voice recognition. Right now, voice recognition is hit and miss. Half the mm. time, you say, phone Jimmy, and it phones someone else, or it says, who's your uncle? Or it does weird and wonderful stuff. And you watch people sitting in their car shouting at their phone, trying to get it to just phone mom. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 And that is simply down to processing power. It cannot do the processing, and especially, like Siri, is server-based. So you give Siri an instruction, it encodes it, sends it off to America or wherever Siri lives, and sends the instruction back. And that takes nearly half a second. Yeah. But then you've lost interest. And, and you need a broadband connection. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not cool. But when you make that possible on the device itself, then you're starting to see massive, massive changes possible. Right now, unfortunately, as I said, Apple have got it waxed. They know what they're doing. Everything that works, it's all part of their ecosystem, and they'll probably move ahead with pretty smart stuff. Android, on the other hand, are hugely constrained. That's another discussion about the, the fragmentation in the Android ecosystem. I mean, I read somewhere there are two billion devices in the world running an Android that's two years or more older. Sure. Two wow. billion that's devices. Scary. And there are only 7 billion devices operational. So a huge chunk of devices out there will never be able to do anything. Yeah, especially if you buy one of these uh, lower-end devices. They never get updated. That's one of the – well, yes or no. What's really interesting, you take, take a two-year-old uh, Samsung. Yeah. Try to get that onto Android 7. You won't. doesn't happen. Mm. Take – and I'm Huawei know better. I've got one or two two-year-old Huawei devices like the um, – the the P7, P6, they're on Android 5. We're now moving on to Android 9. And they're perfectly acceptable devices. The kids use them. Everyone uses them. They're great. But they never update them. So they'll never be able to do some of the things that the newer stuff does. And that's a huge, huge, huge problem. Yeah, that's, so, that's where Apple's really been successful is they keep pushing those iOS updates even for the old versions. I mean, yeah, eventually yeah. it gets deprecated, but... Well, listen, I've got an, I've got an old iPhone 5 mm. that's running iOS 11. Okay. I mean, that's a six-year-old phone. Yeah. That's the last, last update it'll probably get. But mm. six years is six years. Mm. I mean, the thing's a pain to use because this tiny little four-inch screen. <laughs> it's a slow. I use it to go running with because I don't mind if someone knocks me on the head and takes <laughs> it. But eventually I'm going to have to 
you know, get rid of it. I doubt After six, seven years, I think that's fair. I doubt there's an Android phone that's been updated for six years on no. the front. No. Well, no. 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 I can't think of one, which is a real challenge. As good as Android's got, as, as well as so many guys have implemented it, as, as much as the geek in me loves changing every aspect of it and fiddling and putting launches and, and you know, just getting Rooting all... Rooting it. Well, <laughs> stop doing that. It's too much hassle. But truth be told, it's nice to have the ability to have complete control of your operating system. But yep. on the other hand, um, the average user just wants to switch on a phone, not answer 4,000 questions, do 37 updates, and then finally find that the phone needs something else before you can get it to work. And that's why I think Apple has been so successful globally. Yes, they're premium. Yes, they charge yeah. a lot of money. But give it to your granny. Give it to anybody who just doesn't care. And don't touch them. Don't phone them, and they just get it to work. Before we move on from Apple, assuming money is no object, mm. is there any reason to consider the iPhone 8? From what point of view? Should anyone be considering it as a purchase, assuming that money is no object? Obviously, it's a cheaper device. But if money isn't a consideration, is there any reason to consider yes. the iPhone 8 over the iPhone 10? Um, oh, oh, sorry. Now I understand what you're asking. Mm. The iPhone 10 breaks new ground in terms of form, form factor and look and feel. And, and it's just a cool premium device. I mean, it's just lovely to put it down on the table and it becomes a conversation thing. But it doesn't do anything different to the iPhone 8. There's nothing you can do other than face recognition and animate your emojis that you can't do right now on an iPhone 8. So if that's not a problem for you and you want to save yourself somewhere between three and 5,000 Rand, mm. probably the iPhone 8 is the, the right device to buy because it has the latest operating system. It's using the Bionic chip so it can do most of the processing. The camera's outstanding. It's got all the wireless charging and all the bits and pieces you would want. It's just big and doesn't look any different to your mate's iPhone 7, which mm. is always a problem in Apple land. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. People like to be seen to have the latest thing. So from a pure technical and every other aspect, this is a perfect phone for the next two years. Yeah. But there's no question that the iPhone 10 definitely is where the next gen will be. You'll probably find the iPhone 10i or whatever the hell they call it, the 11 or whatever, will have that look and feel, and they'll slowly get rid of the old look and feel over the next yeah. two to three years. Over so the next two to three years, or was the iPhone 8 the last of that design form factor? No. Have a look what that. You can still buy the 6s. I yeah, know, but yeah. will they make an iPhone 9 that looks like the iPhone 8? Is what yes, I'm probably. Mm. No, no, they'll probably never do an iPhone 9. I think they'll probably go to the 10 and the 11. And then the 10, there'll be a little 10 and a big 10. And you'll still get the 8 and the 7, and they'll drop the 6, and you'll probably have that range of phones. But all new devices from them, I mean, this is total speculation, mm. but all new devices going forward from now, new devices, mm -hmm. will be in the new form factor. They will have sorted out the camera issues if they have camera issues on the, the face camera thing. They will have come right with the amount of screens that they make. And, and OLED is without question much better power, much better picture much better everything. So why would they continue making new devices without that technology? And truth be told, I think OLED is probably cheaper in many respects than trying to keep coming out with these older LCD screens. So I think the shift has happened. This was their first shot at it. And I think going forward, you'll only get the new form factor, the new operating system, no home button, mm. 
you know the way that Apple gets rid of stuff. They never bring it back. You're not going to see that again. So I think we're going to see a whole new range of Apple phones going forward. And if you want to be on the cutting edge and you want the latest and the greatest and everything that Apple stands for, then the 10 is without question that device. But if you're not brand conscious, you don't care what... Uh, you uh, just want a phone that works like an Apple works, yeah. then an 8 or even fine. a 7 is great. 7 works I'm still rocking a 6S and I think that is still a fantastic device. Mm. I, mean, I don't have a need to upgrade. I will on my next cycle to something. And hopefully. that's where it made sense. I mean, one of my daughters had a 6. Yeah. And she'd had it. It's now four years old. She'd had it for two and a half, nearly three years. So to her, to, and the price differential between an eight and a seven was so little for 50 bucks a month, there's no reason not to buy the eight. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, from an upgrade point of view, it makes sense for someone to go from a six, yeah. maybe even a 6S to an eight. Mm. But to go from 6S to a seven is pretty much nothing in it. No, you wouldn't benefit from that upgrade cycle. You'll always yeah. be a step behind again. Correct. So. So the 8 is the latest phone. It's got all the latest technology, and that's the one that people should go for if they don't want to be absolute cutting edge and then learn new gestures. But who doesn't want to stuff. have the latest? I mean, we all want that X, right? The secretly deep down inside, Duncan. You want to put that down on the table. Yeah, I, sure. I have no desire to have an own an iPhone, but uh, I, I can see you're, um, you're excited Lighting there. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I, I think the iPhone X will just be a really interesting exercise in what's next yeah. from them. And it is the first iteration, and I, I think it's going to do exceptionally well. Mm. And the, uh, in many ways, I think Apple have actually got too many devices. They really should have two or three in the range. But they've got from all the way, the old five is still available as the SE. It's still available. They're still making that. Yes. Good they've reason. got the 6 Plus and the 6 uh, the six and the 6 Plus, the 6S and 6S Plus, I get muddled. The 7, eight, seven and the 7 Plus and the 8. <laughs> so... Time will probably show. They'll probably get rid of the, the bottom end. Yeah, Who sure. knows? But again, India, the biggest selling phone is the SE, the 5 SE. They're making it there. Well, they had to. There's a whole, yeah, story, a whole political, political story behind that. But they had to manufacture it there and, and, and at a price without killing their brand. So, But Apple, what makes Apple Apple? is their complete control over the ecosystem. One, the operating system. You've got a, a, five, a phone that was developed five, six, seven years ago, still running the latest operating system. All the apps still work on it, some of them very slowly, but they work. Mm. Um, the experience is identical across all their devices, and the ecosystem is just coherent, smart, and works. And people mostly like that. I believe that a lot of people buy uh, Android on price, vastly so on price. They buy it because they are far cheaper than any iPhone. And they get used to it, the, f- the foibles. They get used to the nonsense. They get used to the questions. They get used to all the oddities that happen within the, the Android ecosystem. As I say, the latest versions are much, much, much better. But all the cheap phones tend to come with old versions of Android mm-hmm. and never get updated. So people get used to it. And I suppose if you can WhatsApp, make a phone call, get your email, browse the web, do whatever you need to do, then it's fine. I mean, why should you worry? It does what you need to do and on you go. But we're in the tech business, so we like the latest and the greatest. Sure, sure. And of course, people do um, enjoy Android. I'm one of them. Um, uh, I I prefer it to the iOS experience. Uh, And Samsung's sales and and Huawei sales at the high end show that there is a big demand for it. There is. Mm -hmm. And there's no question. From a purely hardware point of view, the Samsung range the eights, all of them, notes and whatever, have knocked it out of the park. The cameras are spectacular. 
The build quality is every bit as good as anything on the market, if not better. And the screens are just spectacular. Yeah. There is nothing that I've seen yet. I've not seen an iPhone X yet in the flesh, but nothing I've seen that even comes close to the sheer quality of the Samsung screens. The question comes down to, can I live with it? Absolutely, 100%. You get used to it. It, it works extremely well. And you know, if you're, it's not even about Android. The apps all will look the same. They pretty mm. much work the same. It's really personal preference it, it now. It sort of mm. gets personal. Mm. My biggest differentiator, this is what does it for me and why I actually prefer to use an iPhone on a daily basis. Yeah. In a day, the Android will do maybe 10, 15 odd things. Now, when I say odd, I define odd as this. You swipe up to open, and it opens up in a setup screen. Why? Why did it do that? No reason, and it's not random. <laughs> it doesn't happen every time. Sometimes it goes to the home screen. Other times you look at it, and it goes into that selector uh, something screen, or it pops into settings, or something weird happens. That's not a problem. You just swipe once, or you tap twice, or you. but that's three taps an hour extra that you didn't need to do. Then you try and make a phone call, like yesterday. A phone, I'm, I, I pocket dialed on my Samsung, and I made a phone call, and I could not, every time I tried to swipe down to get back to the phone call, I couldn't. I had to look in the swipe down thing. It just was jarring and weird and odd, and I don't know what happened. I couldn't quietly end that call, because I'd found this person about five times in my pocket. <laughs> so in a day, Android asks me, 50% more questions or 60% more questions than iOS. It forces me to swipe or click or change or do something 50 times more in a day. Not that iOS is perfect. Weird stuff happens, things break. The other day the camera wouldn't work. I had to shut it and close it. But that happens maybe five times in a day. So you're talking about five oddities a day versus 50 oddities a day. And when you're busy and you're running around and you don't really want to be worried about that stuff, iOS is just stable and simple, and it does the job. The camera have, works, everything works. I have, I have noticed that Android and specifically Google have become a bit needy lately. Um, questions. Yeah, and, I'm in a shopping center, and suddenly it pops up a message saying, it looks like you're in the shopping center. Would you like to take a photograph and share it with people? And you've got to swipe to get rid of it. Do you want to swipe? review the restaurant you're sitting in? Actually, no, don't. <laughs> go away. Stop bothering me. <laughs> and that's the biggest differentiator. Mm. So if you want to know, there's nothing wrong with Android. I mean... Outlook for mail on Android and iOS looks pretty much identical, works yeah. pretty much identically. It's fabulous. It's just the way it works. Same with WhatsApp and Twitter and everything. Mm. It's just the experience, as I say, in a day. You want to make a quick phone call. You want to quickly navigate somewhere. You want to send a quick message. You want to do something fast and fluid. iOS have got that completely sorted. It just takes one click less, one swipe less, one touch less, one less answer, one less update. Sure. You know? <laughs> anyway, enough said about that. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk about some more uh, smartphones. We've dealt with the big three, Huawei, Apple, and Samsung. And particularly uh, Huawei has done so well this year. I think they're, um, the, I mean, they've said they want to be the number two player in, this, uh, in the market worldwide. Well, they've followed a very simple playbook, and that was Samsung's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've done exactly what Samsung did to get where Samsung got, and it works. Mm. They market like mad, not to say their products aren't superb, but there's one thing that people don't realize. Huawei make the entire stack. They make the batteries, they make the screens, they processes. make the casing, they make the processors, they make the memory. They are actually unique in the industry from that point of view. And then they've priced their products for spec for spec, which is equivalent to the best in the yeah. world, very aggressively. So they're 30% mm. cheaper than the very best with exactly the same spec. So 
they've really come up with a winning combination. Oh, and also, this take on Android is very iOS-y. It is, yes. So, it's a bit of an iOS clone. <laughs> and, and truth be told, of all the Android phones out there, they're about the least annoying to use because they don't ask you too many questions. They assume, that, they assume what you need to know, yeah. and it works. And it, it's flat, it's clean, and it's uh, quite a good take mm. on, uh, on iOS. So you put all those things together, they've moved really quickly from being just another Chinese brand to a, a solid brand. premium competitor. And I mean, mm. the Mate 10, the P10, lenses that are, uh, cameras that are outstanding, processors that are cutting edge, screens that are superb, build quality that lasts. I mean, hard to, hard to fight that. If you're the CEO of Samsung, who should you be more concerned about, Apple or Huawei? Absolutely Huawei. Huawei. Apple is Apple, is Apple, and Samsung will never be Apple, and they've got two totally separate markets. And you'll find there's, a, there's sort of a fringe crossover bunch who might go from one to the other. And in truth, that doesn't matter. But the vast majority of Apple people will stay with Apple because of the ecosystem. And the Samsung guys, the same thing. You know, uh, they tend to be a lot less loyal because Android doesn't have the same lock-in of ecosystem. You know, if you've got an Apple phone and you've got an Apple computer and an Apple watch, mm. you're so locked in and you've used iTunes and you've bought some stuff over the years. You are so in the ecosystem to even imagine moving out I've becomes this, a problem. I've said this to Richard before. When it comes to getting a phone upgrade, I consider what Android phone I can get. It's not a what Samsung phone can I get or yes, what yes, yes. Huawei phone can I get? I, I, my, I'll have a look at the range of Android phones on the market. Um, and I can do that because I'm in the Android ecosystem and it doesn't matter which of those devices Correct. I use. And if I was in the Apple ecosystem, then it would be, okay, what iPhone am I going to get? <laughs> and then your upgrade path is generally limited to, <clears throat> sorry, one or two years, right? Yeah. When you, that's what you wait for the next yeah. one and that's what you upgrade to. And that's genius. I mean, whether that was a marketing thing or not, the fact is it's genius. They've locked in a billion users. I mean, the number, it's so easy. It just rolls off your tongue, a billion. doesn't sound like a lot. But when you imagine how many people are actually using mm. iOS devices in the world right now. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a way to print money. Well, the Apple share price shows it. $878 billion market cap, yeah. biggest well, company there, in the world. There you go. Yeah. And for good reason. Mm. You know, people can bash them all they like, but they consistently get what they do right. Yeah, and people respond to it. Yeah, and that's why I'm sorry. Well, that's one thing on that. That's why I'm always interested in when people are talking about the price. For me, you know, when I look at expensive Apple products, I, yes, price is a big issue, and it, and you have to be conscious about it. But for dedicated users, that price is almost a secondary thing. You know, you do want that hardware. You see the value in it in your life. You know, if it works, it works solidly. And I think that's the power that Apple has. You know, not many people will say, "I will follow you guys." deep down that rabbit hole. You know, I might have, a, I might have a, a limit, but you know, I can get, I can get a 20, 22,000 rand phone on a contract relatively easily. I won't feel that massive impact on my pocket immediately. It'll just be like I'm paying off another cell phone contract. So it makes it a lot easier from that no, point of view. The month to month price on a contract is not a big deal. I don't think that's the issue. Um, I think it's simply the lock-in and the familiarity, and that's what they've done to keep people going. And again, the fragmentation has a huge thing. I've got iPhone 5s running the latest. I don't feel hard done by. Yeah. I believe they're looking after me and my product, whereas I've honestly got drawers full of old phones, old, two-year-old phones, that are two to three operating systems out of date. Yeah. And when you pick them up and you use them, it's a terrible experience. There's things that should just 
you can't accept in 2017, which you did in 2014 or 2015. And that's a huge problem for the whole uh, ecosystem surrounding that. If you keep getting the latest and greatest phone from, from um, Samsung, you always have the latest operating system. And yet you don't. Right now, the, the Samsung Galaxy S8 still doesn't run Android 8. No, in fact, it's on Android 7.0. It's not even on 7.12 like some yeah. of the others. So those are little niggles, and I, I think it's something that they're very aware of. And in fact, I was talking to the guys from Nokia about it because they talk this whole, we can actually talk about tier two like Nokia. Yeah, I want to get to that after yeah. the break. But they are actually simply saying that this Google are now wide awake to it and they're yeah. trying to do something. Yeah, they need to. They need to. But we do need to take a break. We're going to talk about some of those tier two phones uh, after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber, now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Stephen? Oh, good, good. Good. So uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Samsung, Apple, and Huawei, but there are so many other smartphone manufacturers in the market, all of them Android, uh, but some of them doing some really interesting things. I wanted to pick uh, your guys' brains on Sony, first of all. Um, I've always at least historically been a big fan of the Sony brand, mm. but I feel they've kind of lost their way this year, maybe even over the last two years. They're not keeping pace in terms of um, screen innovation. Um, the last couple of Sonys I've, I've owned have, and maybe, I mean, I'm a sample of one, but um, I've had serious problems with hardware failures on them. Uh, and I don't expect that from Sony. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Um, Stephen, what do you reckon? <laughs> it's really a tough one. I'm a huge Sony fan. I mean, everyone was. You, hmm. They were the... The, the, the gold standard of electronics for so many years in television, in camera, in audio, in TV. And they're just a very, very smart, well-organized, quality company. And yes, you're right. I think they've stumbled like mad in the mobile business. I actually don't understand why they remain in mobile, to mm. be honest. Because in a company that big, if you just look at the rands and cents or the dollars and yen around it, they cannot be making any significant money. They have minuscule market share globally. Um, their, their products are pretty commoditized. They're, again, like everyone else, it's very hard to tell a Sony from any other product, even though they've tried to create a Sony-ness about their, their mm. product. Um, and they make far more money selling the camera parts yeah. than they do out of uh, selling the entire device. And what's scary is other people use their camera parts and do a far better job, like Apple, than Sony do on their own phones. Yes, it's true. Which is crazy. I mean, they, they manufacture the, the, um, the actual camera, and yeah. yet it's the software that the other guys are creating that are doing remarkable jobs of using those cameras, yeah. which they don't do. So I, I like their latest products are really good. I mean, they've, they've actually launched Oreo 8 on... Uh, oh, have they? On, on their one phone, which I've got now, and it's great. Which it's is that, the XZ Premium? The XS, no, not the Premium, the XS, XZ Z One. Oh, okay. The new XZ One. Yeah. And it's a great phone, but the camera is no better than, it, it's definitely not better than the um, oh. Galaxy S8. Yeah. It's not better than the iPhone 8. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's just, that seems to be the, the, the story of Sony. They like 
just not good enough. And it's in this world, slightly behind everyone else. Yeah. yeah. If you look at all the other hardware, I mean, when last did you see a really hot Sony TV? Or oh, really oh, hot oh Sony? stop right there. <laughs> stop right there. Well, Sony TV is even in the country. No, Sony have pulled all consumer electronics out of South Africa. It's a huge problem. But I was really fortunate enough to be in IFA in Berlin mm-hmm. in September. And they showed off. I'm sorry, that's me. It's my phone's reminding me of stuff. Um, and I saw the latest generation of TVs, interestingly, using um, LG's OLED panel. <laughs> but <laughs> their take on the LG OLED panel is beyond unbelievable. The picture quality is better than, than LG's own OLED. <laughs> the look, the design, they built all the electronics into the stand. So it's a flat, tiny, thin panel. And with a stand, you pull it out and stand it off there. Everything's in there. Mm. And the entire entire panel is a speaker. They have no speakers. It is remarkable. It is without question the best TV on the market right now. Oh, wow. So, but they, not available here. No, it will never be so available. So they yeah. neglected cell phones for this TV, obviously. I don't think they've neglected it. I just don't think they take it seriously. Enough. The other thing I want to pick on now. Sony about, though, is their naming conventions for their phones. They had the X-Series, which is a mid-range phone, and then they had the Z-Series, which is a premium phone. And then, bizarrely, they merged the names to create the XZ. Yeah, and then they still called it premium. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't seem to have any coherent vision. Yeah. And truth be told, in this world of so much me-too-ness, mm-hmm. where they have to go to Qualcomm to get a processor, uh, they have to go to this one to get that. You know, there's, there's just – it's very, very hard to wrap that phone or do anything different to anyone else. So – the best part is that if you're a huge Sony fan and you only want to have a Sony and you go and buy one of their top phones, mm. you're not getting a bad phone. You're getting a superb phone. Beautifully built, great screen. I dispute yeah. that. Their screens are spectacular. Their cameras are really excellent. The processor's the best you can get on the market. It's got everything that you need. It's running the latest version of Android, which is pretty weird for Sony because it was a bit slack. So I think they're a quality product, and, I, and there has been a lot of talk about their their reliability that I can't talk to. I've never had a problem. And they say that they've got rid of those issues. So if you want a Sony, there's nothing wrong in buying a Sony. You're not really far off anyone else. Mm. But the question really remains is why should you? Mm. If for the same money you can buy something that's just better in some respects, like a Samsung for that matter, why buy a Sony? They don't do anything that's unique, that's different, that sets mm. them, that's makes them stand out from the crowd. You put, so you put an XZ1 or XZ Premium on a shelf next to a Galaxy S8 oh. Plus and the Samsung looks like the no, one the to Samsung look. looks like yeah. the future. Mm. <laughs> Simple <laughs> as that. No question. So yeah, so that's my take on Sony. I think they make great product. They still do. But they've just mm. lost the plot from the from any uniqueness point of view. Yeah. And, and it just makes it really difficult. Yeah. That being said, all the networks maintain Sony do really well in South Africa with their phones. I see a lot of them out there, actually. Yeah, yeah there are a lot. Mm. Maybe but the brand is still so strong and people trust the brand. Mm. People are people love the Sony. I mean, people who love the Sony brand will, I guess, like with Apple, you know, you will stick around. You'll have the TV. You'll have the hi-fi. You'll have, you'll have well, the components. You can't get any of that stuff here anymore. Really. But, but anymore. But, I mean, yeah, I, you're right. Except for the PlayStation. For many years, I had yeah. some Sony hardware that was very old, still ran. I had all LP players. Those things, I mean, they were built like... Tank, you know, Sony is a great last. brand, and I think they, they're riding on that brand to a large extent. Mm-hmm. But they're not really serious about it. And I wouldn't be surprised in the next year or two they either sell it off like they did their laptops yeah. um, and move out of the mobile business. Except for one thing, and that's back to where this whole thing is going. 
A phone is no longer a phone. It's not a standalone gadget. None of these things are standalone gadgets. They're part of an ecosystem of connected tech that more and more, maybe not in South Africa so much, but certainly in the first world where everything is connected, more and more it's becoming a vital component of your daily life on how you do everything, how you check everything. I mean, from health monitoring, from an exercise, from every point of view, that your phone has become the key, key piece of tech in your life, yeah. more than anything else that you use. And certainly in Africa, at a much lower end, people find their phone is, in, is absolutely indispensable. So that might be a reason why they stay in the game, mm -hmm. simply to keep an ecosystem of, of stuff that you need in the Sony brand, yeah. because they can't do it without it. Yeah. Let's talk about Nokia, just briefly. Um, I mean, they were once the the dominant brand by far in the world. Five or fifty-eight percent market share. Market share. Yeah, it was incredible, and then they screwed it up completely. But Nokia's back. It's not actually Nokia. It's HMD Global. But they've got a lot of the Nokia staff working for them. A lot of the same engineers and marketing folks. Same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. <laughs> same, same, but different. Well, same, same, owned by China. <laughs> they keep saying they're a Finnish startup, but anyway. Uh, I really like their phones, actually. I, I had a look uh, yesterday. You were there as well mm. at the new Nokia 2, uh, about 1,700 Rand, I think, 1,800 Rand. No, 1,695. 1,695. Bucks, yeah. Very nice for the price. Um, but at the high end, their new Nokia 8 is also a stunning phone. Uh, I'm not such a huge fan of the sort of old school, more square, sort of rectangular style. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that either. It's I, I've, I really am sold, sold on the thin, tall design of the Samsung and, and the new iPhone. But um, but I like that Nokia 8 a lot, and I really like the message that they've got that this is vanilla Android. You're going to get the updates very quickly after they uh, after Google releases them. What do you think, uh, Stephen? Are you uh, sold think, on Nokia? I think they've they've hit a sweet spot because one, they've priced all their products extremely aggressively. They have, yes. And and I think their messaging is wrong. They they've gone back to the old messaging about you know this is a fun phone for the people and young people and this people and that people that and they remember that was the old fun story they ran with back in the day when they were still number one they were sort of the Maybe people's a fun phone brand, yeah. and they were a fun brand um, but where I think it works for them and where I think it will work for them everybody knows Nokia yeah so now picture the scenario you walk into a shop you talk to your mates and there's like 45 different branded square glass and plastic and steel slabs sitting on the shelf. Some names you've never heard of. You've never heard of a Mint. You've never heard of a Vodafone. Mm. You don't know what a OnePlus is. You, uh, a Xiaomi. Xiaomi, I just got used to. Uh, Huawei. All these funny <laughs> names. So you see all these amazing phones at ridiculously, because they're all at very good pricing, you know, yeah. between two and 5,000 Rand or 10,000 Rand. And then you see Nokia. Yes. Ha! Oh, I know Nokia. <laughs> so there's an instant attachment and I've owned to a lot the of trust yeah. of the brand because you open your drawer at home and there's five old Nokias lying there. Yeah. And, and the scary thing is, pop they'll, a sim in, they'll still work. They'll still work, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, lots of them at home. <laughs> yeah, so, so from that point of view, bringing out products that are technically pretty cutting edge, yeah. beautifully made because they are, yeah. um, look very Me Too-ish compared to all the other cheapy stuff out there, mm. but they are attached to a global brand of massive substance. Yeah. Then you add the same crew, the people who know everybody at the networks. No other Chinese brand has able to break into the networks as quickly as Nokia has globally. They're in 90 countries, 
or 90 operators in 50 countries. I don't know. But they in South Africa, they're in every operator. Except Telcom. Except Telcom. Okay. But Telcom still only 2 million subscribers yeah. out of 70, 80 million. So the fact is, for an uh, upstart starter brand, Xiaomi are still not in any operator. They've been here for nearly two years. Hmm. They've not been able to get into one operator. They're now bringing out a single SIM device, which may get into an operator soon. But that just shows you how hard it is. And Xiaomi is number, was number one in China for years. Mm. And the stuff is superb. Mm. But no better or no worse than the Nokia. But Nokia's experience, their understanding of how the industry works, the people yeah. who know the people, has will bullet them right to the top of the, the ranking. I think... As a mid-range, below-the-top-end Samsungs, now the Huawei's, I think they're going to do really well. I think they've hit on something, and they've done a good job at bringing out price points. I mean, the 8 is under 10 grand. Yeah, and that's got a Qualcomm 835 processor. the same chip as the top-end phones. Mm. All right, the compromises, it's a little lighter. The screen's not quite as good. The camera's superb. Mm. I mean, they've got a Zeiss camera. Nothing wrong with Dual. that. Dual Zeiss, and it does a Groofy, boofy, what weird, oh, where they came up with this, a bothy. That's right. A bothy. I yes. mean, come on, guys. No, Couldn't no. you think of something better than that? A bothy. <laughs> That's certainly not uh, the reason I would buy the No, phone. I wouldn't buy a phone because it can do a bothy. It sounds quite bad. Anyway. But it sounds th- quite perverted. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going there. <laughs> the fact is. It's okay, I'll drag it down. Yeah, you'll drag it all the way down to the bothy. It's like the groofy. That was a Huawei misstep. They groofy. killed that fast. <laughs> They, they had a wide-angle selfie camera, and they yeah. called it a groofy. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> it no. sounded like someone was getting taken down into a dark alley somewhere. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so sim- simply put, honestly, I think Nokia onto a good thing. I think they've got some amazingly well-priced product. may not be better than the opposition, yeah. but in the market, I, who, what would you rather buy, a Mint or a, or a Nokia? Do trust, yeah. yeah. Who do you trust? Um, and certain uh, specs, I mean, if you were talking about the screen earlier, you know, a lot of people look at a screen and they would say, you know, it's fine enough for me. If I can take great photographs, look at my Facebook, get my messages, read my mail. You know, exactly. if I have a very high uh, exactly. a, a PPI, it's not going to make a difference in my life. But it's not even the PPI. It's just it's not as bright. And as, I mean, the problem is you get spoiled. You play with an S8. Yeah. You play with the top-end phones and you go to anything else and it's like they're pretty dim and flat. And but for 95% looking. of the market, this would be a major step up. Well, exactly. But... It was an intelligent compromise because people will not not buy mm. because the screen looks fine. So they won't say, oh, this is so horrible, I'm not buying it because the screen's horrible. Mm. That's not going to happen. They'll say 20 grand, 10 grand, all the same specs, and it's a Nokia. Okay, I'll take, take it. Nokia. Yeah, they're going to do well. They're so gonna I, do think well. They, I think they will do really well in the market as long as they don't mess it up yeah. somewhere along the line. So what the hell has happened to HTC this year? They seem to have just disappeared. Yeah, but they've the been right slowly fading away that. for a long time. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years coming now. They just haven't... They, I don't know why. I mean, they've, they've had everything going for them, right? They've never really focused very hard on this market. Um, I think when they were distributing through Leaf Wireless all those years ago, um, they, they probably did a pretty good job of, um, of raising the brand awareness in this market. But since then, you're right, they've faded. Um, but they also haven't had... They haven't really had phones that have, no, they have. stood out, have they? No, they have. This is the sad thing. They just don't know how to market them. Yeah, they've had. I mean, uh, some of the press internationally, there's the new U11. U11, yeah. 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 The new 11 has been getting at 
absolute rave reviews. It's got like an iridescent back, which they say is remarkable in red. It's the most gorgeous phone you've ever seen. You squeeze it to activate things. I mean, oh, like squeeze a your phone. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who makes the Pixel? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, and, and their operating system, they overland the operating system because they were the very first. They actually had to make something out of dog standard, horrible Android 1. And they actually did. They put their own overlay. So the interface of HTC is brilliant. Mm. It's just one of the nicest, smoothest, cleanest interfaces you've ever used. Sense. Sense, they call it. And they had everything going for it. But you know what the really what it boils down to? One, they were too they were too up about the tech. They were too worried. They were a techie company out of Taiwan. They didn't understand the global marketing game. In the days that Samsung was spending one and a half billion dollars globally on marketing. They were spending a hundred million. Mm. And they were simply out-marketed out of the market. It's yeah. an old story that the best doesn't always win. Yeah. 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 You certainly get the impression they couldn't market their way out of a paper bag. Um, exactly. They, exactly. They, I loved, I've ha- owned many HTC phones over the years. Um, my first smartphone well, and some of those Nokia E71s and those no, that was, that, that They weren't really smartphones. They were semi-smartphone. Um, but my first proper Android, well, my first proper smartphone was an HTC Desire. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a lovely phone at the time. Listen, interestingly enough, I've got, what was their first one they ever brought with the little chin? It was like a Joey or something, wasn't well, Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. still got one of those. So I thought the other day, I thought, oh, I'm going to plug it in, I'm going to charge it, I'm going to stick a SIM in and see if it works. Works just fine. <laughs> it's entering... Running Android 1.5. Oh, wow. That's one for the museum. (laughs) So I kept it, and it's still there, and it works. And it had the little trackball. Remember the trackball? So unfortunately, I think we – and again, um, we get back to the story. Mm. A phone is not a standalone gadget. In the good old days when a phone was a standalone gadget and it stood stood on its own merits, in other words, it had to do everything on the phone – um, it was one thing. But now it's all about the apps. It's all about the ecosystem. It's mm. all about the stuff that the phone enables. It links to your watch. It links to your TV. It links to everything that you do. You walk into your home. You've got your cameras. You know, And that only happens seamlessly if you're in an ecosystem that makes sense. And there are not many guys who can afford to do that. Samsung, on the other hand, are trying. I mean, that Bixby abortion, with respect, is a joke. (laughs) Sorry. It is the most annoying, useless, irritating thing in the whole world. I'm screaming at it three or four times to just make a simple phone call. Hey, Bixby, call Brendan. It's my son. Doesn't even listen to me. I'm not going to go and do that with with Siri, as, as, as bizarre as Siri is. If I do that, it'll work. Mm. Bixby is just a a, a mess. Why? And to try try and enable Google Assistant, which is far better, on your on your Samsung device, it is quite something to try to get it to work. Can you actually stop using this Bixby button for something else? Yes, you can switch it off, but you can't remap it. Oh, which is just silly. Oh, that's horrible. So you can switch it off and then use Google Assistant, but it's the average Joe would never do it. Trust me, he could never figure out how to put Google Assistant back onto his Samsung because mm. it's a ball ache, to mm. be blunt. I mm. remember when Android f- was first announced and it first came out and the vision for it was that this will finally allow us to, like we've been doing with our PCs, have some hardware and then load some software onto it. So we have the benefit of always getting the latest stuff, being able to customize it, et cetera, et cetera. It seems like Android today isn't quite 
the kind of operating system that you'd expect it to be from an open platform. You know, the fact that you can't get all these updates. Yes, I know there's a lot of technical reasons for it. But <laughs> I wasn't going there. I was going to go and say, who created Android? The deepest techies in the world. Guys who believed in open source. Andy Rubin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was a new age hippie techie with altruistic overtones. And yet what experience has shown is that the world does not work that way. You need to control the horizontal mm -hmm. and the vertical. You need to manage the experience for your user. People want tech to just work. They don't want to futz with the details. And yet Andrew's won the war simply by being available on far cheaper devices across the world. Yeah. There's no question you cannot buy a $50, um, even a five-year-old $50 Apple. does not exist. Yeah. And, and the economics of it make, make, make Android the most common operating system. Yeah. But they've changed. They're now talking about you know, this pure Android thing. They're now talking mm -hmm. about controlling the way that the updates are run trying to bypass the manufacturers. They're trying to pull it all back in a very apple way mm -hmm. to control everything, to make it possible to make the ecosystem work. Because mm -hmm. if they don't, it's so fragmented that nothing will work. Nothing's worse than you arrive with your new phone, you connect it to your smart home, and it doesn't work. Why? Because you need 47 zillion updates from 15 different people to make the ecosystem work. No one's going to bother with that. It's not going to happen. So when your TV doesn't connect to your phone because now the infrared broke or now there isn't and then the Wi-Fi doesn't, you know, it, whereas you never have that. You walk into a home with an Apple device and your Apple TV pops up, you don't even have to ask. You don't have to put in 45 passwords or 30 questions. Um, it just connects and suddenly handoff works. No one's been able to get that to work other than a company that can control the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And Android can't do it. Not now. I mean, yes, I was watching TV on my from a Samsung TV, it was broadcasting to my phone, so I could go into the other room and watch the news while the kids were watching something else. But it's not common, and it's not easy. It took me a while. It took me nearly three weeks with a demo Samsung TV to figure out how to get the TV to work on the phone. Okay. <laughs> three weeks, not yeah, bad. So that's, a, that's a commitment. Yeah, it's a real commitment. Too much for my, for my liking. So there's lots of other smartphone manufacturers in the interest of time. I know we are mm -hmm. running out of it. Um, Xiaomi obviously is is um, a player in this market now, They're distributed through Core Group. Core Group, yeah. Um, Motorola, not really such a big uh, – they've came back into this market and they've disappeared again. And they no, came back they're again. back. They're and back, I think yeah. they've carved a small niche, small niche. with quite mm -hmm. a clever platform of, of phones. And the phones are actually really good quality. They're mm -hmm. really nice devices. But again, you don't hear about them. You don't see them. Yeah. They're not on TV. They're not marketed in any coherent way that people would actually notice. So maybe the odd guy will wander into a shop and see, oh, that looks cool. I'll try it. But it's, it's back to marketing. And what's scary, Lenovo are number one in the world of computers. They've certainly got deep pockets. Why aren't they doing a better job at promoting the device in the country? They don't really have a separate division. They've got one or two guys operating out of their head office. Mm -hmm. So good device, good product. Nice tech, but it's just nowhere in terms of market share, nowhere in terms of any focus. So who yeah. knows what will happen with And then. is BlackBerry facing the same problem now? Um, they've, it's not really BlackBerry anymore. It's now a, one, there was a contract manufacturing deal yeah, with a company yeah. in Indonesia, etc. forgetting what they call no, no, tech or no. No, no. That was a license deal with them. The right. main thing is now another company. It's, not H it's similar to the, the yeah. HMD type story. Yes. 
another company that that is a subsidiary of Foxconn. TCL. TCL. Yeah. Foxconn own TCL. TCL are a contract manufacturer for lots of people. They've taken on the BlackBerry brand, mm. and they bring out some really nice phones. Love BlackBerry. I think they're smart. But I think they've become a vertical niche company. Yeah. So in other words, they'll offer the Reserve Bank staff who all have to use a BlackBerry because of security and, and device management, which they've got totally waxed. There's no better device management in the world than them. So corporates who insist on giving their smartphone or having control over smartphones to their, to their employees yeah. have now got a device that's competitive. You don't have to feel embarrassed to haul out this old BlackBerry that you can do And the security on that device is pretty, pretty the good. The security is top-notch. Yeah. The only other device I've ever used that updates within seven days of month end to the latest security patch from Android, other than the Pixel, is a BlackBerry. My BlackBerry that I've got on my desk now is running a November security patch sure. for Android, wow. which is unheard of. Yeah. Unheard of in the Android space. So. I think they've got a very, very small vertical niche. They're not going anywhere. They make a lot of money on, on, on device management. And they've got some really cool devices that are good. They're not great. They'll never shoot the lights out, but they're good. They certainly, you're not embarrassed to take a picture with it, send a WhatsApp, do a little bit of this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's Android. So the ecosystem does exist. But your ordinary consumer who in the past would have used a BlackBerry. There's no reason to. They don't use it. There's no reason to. They're not that fussed with security. Yeah. They're not that fussed with a keyboard. The keyboard is actually great, but it's a pain. It's an anachronism. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think those are, are very – and maybe that's where the market's going. We're getting a lot of niche areas, which would make sense, like yeah. BlackBerry have done. You've got a great brand like Nokia who will clean up in the lower end. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, or not hopefully, but it'll probably push out a lot of guys who are trying. I mean, like Oppo are coming to the country. Why? OnePlus are coming to the country. Geeks are freaking out having an absolute go. On. What's your take on OnePlus? Great, great devices. Great. But no different to Xiaomi, no different to Huawei, no different to anything. It was clever marketing in their own home market. Yeah. They have no edge. Though, I must say, the latest ones totally rip off iPhone. They look like iPhones. <laughs> they the new 5T they announced this week looks, looks beautiful. I didn't, yeah, but it's an iPhone. <laughs> it's an iPhone. It's got dual cameras. Like Apple, right? It looks like an Apple. Yeah. The Oxygen OS operates like an apple so why why do r and D? I mean yeah. just copy the top end and charge half the price and you'll get a market mm. but in a tough market like South Africa that's hugely overtraded and very brand conscious I think they'll sell a few units they'll probably do okay but it'll never you'll never GFK the guys who measure all this will always lump all those phones into other <laughs> and we've got Samsung Huawei Apple yeah. other yeah. And they'll always be sort of languishing in the other, yes. which is probably not a great place to be. The last brand I want to talk about is, um, and we can't leave them out, is LG, of course. Um, uh, in, in some respects, I think people see them as a bit of a poor second cousin to Samsung, both Korean companies. Um, LG, not as big. Um, but they make nice devices. They make really nice devices. The new V20, V30 Plus. Um, V30 Plus is awesome. Is it really is awesome. The new G, is it the G6? The G6 came out a great this device. Year. Also very nice. Um, but they don't seem to be quite be able to break through that ceiling. Yeah, I think they've got apart. exactly the same problem that, um, not to the same extent, because they're bigger and they do a lot more serious about their smartphones yeah. than Sony. But they're in the same problem area as Sony. They're not clearly differentiated. There's nothing that they can do that everyone else can't do. They, mm. they absolutely have nothing that 
is totally unique about their devices across their broad range. The V30, I'll mention yeah. one thing. But there's nothing that they can do that no one else can do. Mm. So it puts them in a me too place. Now they, they've got a simple decision. Do they, do they compete with Samsung head, for, head to toe? In other words, if you spend a billion, we'll spend a billion. If you market across every building, museum, pop-up store, I mean, you travel the world, every taxi, every bus, every building, every airport, wherever you go, just Samsung, Samsung, Samsung. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and it worked for them. Now, guess who's doing exactly the same thing? Xiaomi. Not Xiaomi, sorry, Huawei. Yeah. Getting confused myself. Huawei, <laughs> wherever you go now, yeah, that's true. every airport, every building, every bus station, every soccer player, Huawei. <laughs> just Boom. And, 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 and still 90% of the population can't pronounce it. It doesn't matter. But guess who's number two? Huawei. Because they're visible. They're yeah. everywhere. So if LG want to be serious, they have to be serious. If they want to bring out brilliant devices that are interesting and well-built and last long and great for the, for the LG fans, then that's where they're going to be stuck. But the problem is it'll always leave them as not quite there. But like and HTC. No, they, <laughs> they've got much deeper pockets <laughs> and they're a much broader company. <laughs> HTC only made phones. Right. LG, like Samsung, make everything. Tons of from, stuff, yeah. From aircraft carriers to smartphones. So they're, they're a massive company, not one to knock. And I think in South Africa, on a consumer level, they're really doing well. I think they're giving Samsung a serious go in many areas. Mm. So it's like number one washing machines is Samsung, then LG. Number two. So mm. th they're a significant com company, but they've... They're not quite there. Even the V30, great screen, not as good as an SA, not quite. Mm. Um, build quality, superb, but not as good as, <laughs> as the S8. Um, and, and it's a terrible place to be, even if you're two grand cheaper. Yeah. Who cares? You know, for two grand, I'll buy the best rather yeah. than the one that's not quite as good. The one area that that V30 just blows everything and everyone out of the water is its sound. They've put uh, an audio subsystem with proprietary quad decks, and they've optimized it. I'm talking like an old audio file. <laughs> but I promise you, on Bluetooth, it's better than anything I've tried, and I've tried them all, including the S8. On wired headphones, when that quad deck and everything kicks in, it is a revelation. If you use uncompressed audio like Tidal, or you use some lossless audio files which you download and install on the phone. Flag files. Flag files. You cannot begin to understand how absolutely superb this device sounds. Damn. It's as good I, as anything I on a, the market. I had a review on my desk for a week and I never plugged a pair of headphones into it. I should have you, done it. You are, you are truly, truly poorer for the experience. You don't have one here in your bag, do you? I might just do that. Okay. After the show, uh, we'll have a listen. <laughs> I might just do that. Because I have sound some beautiful quality. Bose headphones, which, which might sound quite interesting. All right, we'll have this discussion. Those things don't sound great. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Right. We'll take but this anyway, offline. We'll take this offline. <laughs> uh -oh. But that is the one differentiating factor. If you're an audiophile and yeah. you really care about the sound quality of your device, yeah. the screen is as good as anything. The camera's great. It's just a great device. Yeah. But nothing on the market right now that you can buy comes even 20% close to what that device is capable of from the audio point of view. It is just another league. It's as good as, I've tried an Ansel and Kern. They make proprietary audio devices. They look like big clunky iPods and they are the, the, the business and they cost anything between 20 and 30,000 Rand. And I've tried them and I think this, I, I didn't have them side by side, but I think this phone is good as that for 
a mere 15 grand. So that go. is very high praise indeed. Mm. Very high praise indeed. Well, this has been a fantastic discussion about the smartphone market. Uh, hopefully, if you're in the in the in a position or you're looking to buy a smartphone for this Christmas or sometime soon, then uh, hopefully we haven't confused the hell out of you. Uh, we may have done that, but <laughs> there's really, um, I think to summarise, we simply say if you're not an Apple fan, then Samsung is the business. Xiaomi's uh, Xiaomi. Huawei are right there next to them at a lower price. Yeah. And if you're an audiophile, there's only one thing to go for. That's the LG V30. The rest are great, and it's all about budget. There we go. Well summarized. I don't know why you guys listened to the last hour. Because, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but there Put is, in the show notes, skip to the end. There, yeah. is, there is some other news I want to touch on briefly before, before we wrap up the show today, but we'll be back right after this message. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Welcome back to the show. How's it, Rechard? How's it, Stephen? All good still. All good. All, that All long good. rest really refreshed me. <laughs> <laughs> All five seconds. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tesla, uh, just this morning, Elon Musk, uh, South African boyki, who's done incredibly well, uh, took the wraps off uh, a semi. It's called the semi, I think. Actually, yeah, it's basically an electric a huge truck. Pantechnic and truck. truck. Electric yeah. truck. But uh, during the presentation, what rolled off the back of this truck? One more thing. One more thing. The, a new Tesla Roadster, and my my God, it looks mm. amazing! Another good good little peek at the future. Yeah, but that truck also looks pretty sexy, don't you? No, trucks don't do it. No, oh, sorry, that truck <laughs> no, <like> sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, so am I, am okay. I, uh, He's am a truck I the man. only one in this group. Yeah. Although, you're the only truck all, man. Although this truck, fully loaded, apparently, will go from zero to a hundred in, in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one the, of the reasons I love it. I was having this discussion with people earlier. You know, they're talking about hydrogen fuel cells and new car things. Yeah. The thing is, electric is without question the future of motoring. Whether you like it or not, they're incredibly efficient. The, mm. the batteries are now at the point where you can get a thousand miles. All right, a truck's big, so they can put a ton of batteries in there. But still, a thousand miles out of That's a charge. Yeah. We're now talking about really mainstream. This is, yeah. And what's so, so amazing, I, I've seen a, a Tesla in the flesh without the skin, without the car. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. <laughs> There's four little things, or like little bumps next to each wheel. Which is why in the long term they should actually become cheaper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's this battery bank in the middle and, and a little computer. computer box. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's no exhaust. It's a no golf cart, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's exactly. a golf cart. And then they put the thing on top, which makes it look like a BMW type vibe. Yeah. And you think it's, but it's the simplest, it's easiest thing mm-hmm. to build. And if that's not the future of motoring, what is? Mm. I mean, I've seen lampposts that they just, yeah, in the street, they just mm. take the lamppost because it's got power and they put a charging station on it. And with wireless, you know, this fabulous 3G, 4G stuff, it just charges you. Yeah. So you but can't you, run out of power. You, They've you often a see, lot of bases. You, you often see people, yeah. um, petrol heads saying, you know, why on earth would I want to buy an electric car? I mean, listen to the sound that a Merck AMG makes or something. They must drive an I8. And then, and then, but then you say to them, have you ever driven an electric car? Uh, no. Once you've driven an electric car, yeah, you actually realize what an awesome experience well, it is. You get instant torque. Yeah, yeah. instant undermine. It's mind-blowing. I mean, as you put the foot down, the, you've got 100% power. Yeah. And there's no car on the planet that can do that with a petrol engine. We've got used to it. Mm. 
But once you start enjoying that, yeah. that incredible torque and control from a four-wheel drive motor engine, uh, no question, from the next three, four years, every manufacturer is going to have a motor car. Thanks, VW, for killing diesel. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but this Roadster is now the fastest, well, will be the fastest production car in the world. Uh, I think someone on Twitter pointed out that Koenigsegg maybe have a few things to say about that. But mm. but um, zero to 100 kilometers an hour in 1.9 seconds. Oh, no, that's it's ridiculous. That's like getting it's, into a rocket ship. head-snappingly <laughs> mad. I mean, and again, only because you, you can just create motors that are so powerful. Yeah. And instantly on. I mean, you don't have any time to build up speed. Yeah. And because there's nothing else in the damn car apart from some batteries, um, it's light. It's actually, they're building them now far lighter than an equivalent petrol-powered roadster. Mm. So he's a smart cookie, no question. I mean, oh, yeah. whether long-term he won't sell out to Mercedes or one of those guys, I don't know. But the fact is he's literally rocked the motoring world in a significant way. Even if the Tesla Model 3 has had issues, big yeah, issues. Yeah, but I mean... But, yeah. Who knows? Everyone you, wants to own a Tesla. They've got a two or three billion dollars in in deposits, which people won't take back. Yet, at the current production rate, they're probably going to take 35 years to deliver the last <laughs> wow, one. Yeah. So, I mean, guys have invested... What a business model. You put three billion dollars into a car you'll never get. <laughs> Never, ever. And, in, in, and, and, you know, in five years' time, so what? I'll give you back your $1,000. I've mm. had the use of it. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, you're brilliant. Yeah. So in many respects, I mean, he just he came at it like a non-petrol head. He came at it like a techie. Yeah. Like an engineer, yeah. Yeah. And, and, he, and he did stuff. I mean, he tells you straight. If you think there's any value in this car, mm. think again. This is a tech product. Every year I will change the model significantly. And if you don't like that, don't buy it. Which will get upgrades. No, no, some software upgrades. Yeah. But he Auto makes significant upgrades, upgrades that you cannot retrofit. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a normal car which has a three to six year to, you know, mm. Th- mm. every three years they do a facelift and every nine years they replace the model. He changes the model every year. Yeah. Significantly enough that the, the 2015 is a totally different car to 2016. But that's driven by the need to have the best version of the electric vehicle. That's why yes, they can keep innovating tech. so quickly. They don't that's have legacy tech. to fall back There's on. no legacy. Yeah. So he says, if, you don't, if you're not keen on that type of thing, it'll still be a good car. You'll still get a couple of years' use out of it. But if a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, but if you into the latest tech, keep buying my new model. What happens be if you don't keep your upgrade? Up, you, you get, you, so you're, you're running Tesla 3 version 1.2, and five years down the line, you stop on the side of the road because you, know, you just couldn't get up to, to the next petrol station or something. Tough. Tough for you. Tough. I warned you. It's a disclaimer. He tells people straight that that's the way it works. This is technology. It's not old school car industry, which will run like a Willys Jeep from 1943. Put the key in. What key? Push the button. And off it goes. You're not going to give this this car to a kid one day as a hand-me-down. No, no, no. These are true tech consumer items. But I think the vision, the the smarts around it is just breathtaking. I mean... That Roadster, I think I'd give away a couple of parts, body parts, to own one of those. <laughs> Just looks awesome. Not the truck. No, the Not truck the truck, so. but the Roadster, yeah. But Re- Record's getting the oh, truck. I'll get the truck. You'll yeah. get the truck. Yeah. You'll yeah. load it full of stuff. Load it with a Roadster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the Roadster we'll runs out of We'll park our Roadster at the back. <laughs> 
<laughs> take it to the next uh, yeah. fueling <laughs> charge uh, station. Take me to the power. Well, I'll charge my roadster with my truck batteries. I mean, that could also work. Big battery bank. That's the story. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I can see ultra rich people, and this yeah. car is going to cost two hundred thousand dollars. So, I, um, I, I rich people. Yeah, I get your driver. No to garage. You. They'll have a truck. Yeah. So they can have charge wherever they go. Just Bring drive, the truck to where I am. Drive yeah. in the back of the truck. Carry on a bit. Yeah. Drive off charge the truck. Off, off you go. <laughs> I can see it happening Fantastic. somewhere in the world. Maybe in Dubai. No doubt. No doubt. Um, last thing I wanted to chat about this week was ANN7. I actually just wanted to get your guys' views on this. So Outer, the organization undoing tax abuse, which has been a thorn in the side of Sanrel for a long time over e-tolls. Good job. Mm. Um, they put out a statement yesterday, I think it was, really a, having a go at DSTV and saying, pull the plug on ANN7 off your platform. Uh, you know, this is Gupta-owned or was Gupta-owned or nom- now is nominally Gupta-owned. Um, and it was quite a hard-hitting statement, and um, I, w- I wondered if they were off the mark or whether they were spot on. I, I'm not, I haven't made my mind up about this. Should we be considering pulling – I mean, should Multichoice pull this channel off air, and if it does, under what circumstances? I think there's lots of different nuances there. The first thing is I think Outer are wrong, personally. I think you cannot instruct anybody with regard to doing business on that level. Um, to not do business if it's commercially viable because that's not the way the world works and not the way commerce in South Africa works. It's multi-choice's decision to make at the end of the day. And Mm. if they see lots of their subscribers deserting their platform in protest at this, then it's multi-choice that has to make the decision about whether Absolutely. If it's a commercial decision, it makes sense. Mm. If it's a political decision, it's wrong. Yeah. That's that's my stance on this. That's, if that's kind of my take on it as well. If commercially mm. it makes, if, if it's damaging to the brand and commercially it's a problem to have something like ANN7 and its associations yeah. on the platform, get rid of it. If they can in terms of the contract. Yeah, whatever the Which case Which I'm sure is, they can. I'm sure they can. Yeah. Um, but if it's simply a politically motivated positioning statement from outer or from any party from that matter, you know, be it the DA or whoever yeah. is, is opposed to the views that ANN7 espouse, then it's wrong. It shouldn't happen. We live in a democracy. People are theoretically entitled to say within limits what they want to say and have their views. And, I mean, I personally don't. I think ANN7 is a propaganda mouthpiece yeah, of, of low quality. Is. We know of what it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact is it's there. The question is, is it hurting people? Is it changing people's minds? That's another story. Then the other networks need to do more to make sure that hmm. the thing is balanced. But to remove it is censorship, and censorship is wrong. Yeah, but I, d- I don't believe it would be wrong for multi-choice to pull the plug on ANN7 no. if it's having a commercial impact on them, if yeah, their customers yeah. are deserting them because if they are so angry about the channel being there and the fact yeah. that DSTV yeah. is paying them for that channel to Correct. be on their platform. Correct. Now, if it's a commercial decision that makes and it's done for commercial business reasons mm-hmm. and they find that, it's one, it's damaging their profitability or it has no viewership, or it's costing too much money, or if the content doesn't fit the profile of the station and they need to make a, a considered reasonable you know, mm. judgment call, that's one thing. But to pull it from a censorship point of view, you know, we don't agree with you, we feel mm. Jimmy Money is a bad news fellow and he's now owning it and the Guptas are hanging in the background – that's not well, I've, I've got the my point. own views on Jimmy Manny, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't bet that color my... It's another podcast. <laughs> We've got a whole Let's Bash Jimmy Manny podcast coming up. <laughs> uh, less said about him, the better, yeah. I think. Um, 
And I suppose that's the, my take. the other question is, is why did MultiChoice agree to carry this channel in the first place? Was there any political pressure on them to do so? We don't know the answer to that question, so that's sure. just speculating. Sure. So maybe that's we should Wading into a quagmire. Yeah, <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't go there. But, <laughs> but yeah. it's worth keeping at the back of the mind. Look, politics mind. and business are strange yeah. bedfellows, and nine well, times and out of ten, the one is walking hand in hand with the other. It's yeah. hard to separate the two. Yes, yes. It's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on this one anyway. Well, um, we certainly live in interesting place, I've interesting s- times. I've certainly seen a lot of people on Twitter saying that they're going to cancel their. I must tell you DSTV. something that DSTV have a major challenge, which is purely technical. I mean, the launch of this black service, um, the streaming that is coming online across. Yeah. yeah, they've got lots of competition. There is so much competition for that money and for that. And it's a time. small market. And it is a small market. Only two million people in South Africa. You know, Netflix have got how much? 140 million subscribers globally. You know, and, and slowly but surely, the networks are, or the, the, the producers of the content are going to try to go as direct as they can to the oh public. Yeah, oh yeah. And so the whole business model around um, the whole DSTV empire may, may well be um, in its golden age. May we may see already. some. It may even have passed. Mm. So we may see some big changes there. And this ANN seven is just a small distraction in the mix. Yeah. But other things might force uh, multi-choice and DSTV to change their business model significantly. Who knows? But there's lots happening in that space. Yeah. Well, they'll have to change. I mean, we spoke yeah. about the sporting angle last week. Yeah. I think they should. I think multi-choice should launch a, a streaming only service. Well, they've they, they've certainly done it for their subscribers. Yeah, yeah, but you have to purchase. I mean, yeah. you've you got to be a, ma- a number one subscriber to get the streaming. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would be prepared to pay for a streaming-only service. But probably. Mm. Very, very, very probably. Especially in the upper sort of end of the market where you've got fiber and you can. Mm. It's actually, mm. the truth be told, right now, using fiber, the streaming services are much higher quality than DSTV. If, if there's a program running on DSTV and I can get it on a streaming service like Netflix... I'd rather watch it on Netflix because I'm getting 4K HDR oh, yeah. as, compo- as compared to 720p on DSTV. On DSTV. Yeah. 1080i, actually. No, 720p is what they broadcast. It connects to your, your set in 1080, but the actual broadcast quality is 720p. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. That's the satellite. That's the HD. That so they broadcast, broadcast in 1080i? No, they broadcast in 720 No, they don't. They don't. I had a conversation with Candice van Eden about this. Yeah. Um, from MultiChoice, and he said they started in 720p and then they switched to 1080i. Okay, I must check that. But as um, far as I know, that their they broadcast maybe, maybe their cha- HD is 720. Maybe they've changed it again. I don't know. Um, I know Gerdes listens to this podcast. Okay, so well, maybe he can send us, us a message and fill <laughs> us in. But the fact is, it's still not 4K HDR. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Sure, sure. But interesting times in that in that market mm. anyway. So that takes care of our uh, of our news. Um, Let's move on to our regular features. Um, I, th- I thought we'd pick uh, related to multi-choice. Nuspers is our winner this week. Let me go and have a look at their share price. Currently up 4.1% on today's uh, session. Market cap 1.7 trillion rand. Jeez, mm. <laughs> those numbers roll so neatly. Yeah. The what share price is up say. 90% since January. Wow. wow. Um, Help no end by the softer end, but anyway, we won't go there. Sure, but uh, a ten cent uh, by far it must be one of the best investments by any company in the history of investments. No, hundred um, percent. They, I can't remember the original figure, but it was something like ten million dollars. Super something. speculative. It yeah. was like 
why would you go and do business with someone in China that no one's ever heard of? QQ, it was called then. Yeah, QQ. Q-Q. I remember that. <laughs> I would have loved to know the conversation that clinched the deal. Like, what what made them decide, okay, we, we can see Over a Over a glass here. of wine in Stellenbosch. Yeah, it was Antony Rue, remember, <laughs> yeah. who, who led that deal. Yeah. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, he was the founding CEO of Mweb, if Correct. I recall. Yeah. Correct. Um, and then Nasper sent him off to Asia and uh, with the brief of finding investments. And he said, oh, okay, here's Tencent. Let's invest in this thing. Mm. <laughs> the name like, yeah, we would have thought. Uh, <laughs> and it was Chicken probably Tencent. Mickey Mouse money. And uh, as I it said, was. It a was a few million dollars. One there in, in Stellenbosch. They thought, what the heck, yeah. let's try this. Yeah. Well, best smart move they ever made, ever. Mm. And now Tencent's market value is closing in on half a trillion US dollars. Wow. Um, Last pair is still trading at quite a big discount to its, to its investment. It's in, yeah, yeah. It's to its, no, no, to its investment. It's investment. investment. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but a remarkable success story, and uh, the company seems to be on track to hit a two trillion market cap in the not too distant future. <laughs> hmm. Just shows you the power of the new ecosystems. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. power of the Chinese mo- consumer wow. market. Absolutely remarkable. And our loser this week is MTN, um, just because they can't seem to catch a break. They, um, oh, yeah, I just read now they. The MD and Benin's been kicked out. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Stephen Blewett, yeah, uh, who yeah. used to run Autopage. I remember so, Stephen you know, Blewett. Nice guy. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he went up to, to Benin to run that operation. And um, looks like Benin, looks like to me, looks like Benin needs money. Um, no, it's, it's, excuse so they, me, they're following the Nigerian mugging model. Yeah, we'll do a shakedown going Who on. Who can we nail for <laughs> a couple of hundred million dollars because we are a bit short this month? Yeah. <laughs> and off they go, okay, well, we've got a lot. Just send them a bill, man. Don't, don't argue. Just send them a bill. But this is a problem for MTN. I mean, they, they're going to they're gonna have to fight this because… No, they are fighting they it. They are fighting it. They but are fighting if, if, if they roll over… Then every market in which they're in is going to say, put a gun to their heads. But they've always said doing business in Africa is not for sissies. It's been a tough one. Barty pulled out for that same reason. Uh, It's just Orange have shrunk the markets they're working in for the same reason. Vodafone have been very careful about where they've gone and what they've done. Mm. Um, It's a tough market. You're dealing in a very volatile market where the regulatory environments are extremely uncertain. And yet the profits, the returns that MTN have been able to generate in these markets is beyond anything. So it's a risk versus rewards point of view. I mean, they're still making huge money in Nigeria after getting mugged. Yeah. So they've put it behind them. Um, they've tightened up their uh, governance structures as much as they possibly can. And they will get mugged again. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And they know it, but they're making hay while the sun shines. The problem for Benin and all these guys is they don't realize the damage they're doing to themselves Yeah, because no one is going to take the chance to, to do any it's form of investment in an environment where you know this type of thing happens and it happens to in big public companies yeah. it's not happening to some little Joe it's happening to companies who one can afford it and two are very sort of visible globally mm-hmm. so hope hope they come right but if they don't they're going to pay up and move on Certainly, uh, the certainly shareholders don't seem too concerned about the situation. I suppose Benin is a very small market. Three hundred and twenty-seven million dollars, I think the number. Something was. like that. It's yeah. four, three, no, three billion rand. It's two hundred and thirteen million dollars. Yeah, so it's significant, but it probably won't affect their final figures yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. MTN is trading at currently trading at its highest level since January. So. Yeah. Um, certainly the market is starting to think that there's a sign no, of a turnaround happening. They see the profits. <laughs> Coming. <laughs> they see the profits. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's all about positive cash flow. 
And I mean, these are hiccups. And in the end, it's once off. So they get mugged and move on. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Let's move on to our picks. Uh, Rechard and Stephen have kept me in suspense because there is nothing on the show notes. Rechard, what, what is your pick this week? So I'm, uh, I've been playing with this little uh, headset. Again, from Plantrax last week, I looked at that earpiece. But uh, So this has been my favorite thing the last week. Um, it's noise-canceling headphones. It's called the Backbeat Pro SE. So this is a special edition. Uh, there's also a normal edition of these headsets uh, available for slightly cheaper prices. This one goes for around 5,500 to 6,000 rand. Like I said, you've got active noise cancelling built in, um, volume controls, NFC, uh, you can play pause, uh, cool little features like when you take it off your head, it actually stops the music, you mm. know, so it, it's very cool. The sound quality, though, is absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to put some music on here and pass it around uh, if you have want to quickly have a listen. Um, but the noise cancelling, I find out, Duncan, you're quite, you're quite particular about noise cancelling headphones, I know, especially when you yeah. record podcasts. Yeah, Stephen and, and I are going to have a fight about Bose immediately no, after no, the show. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> do some The best noise cancelling on the planet, there's no question. Sound quality, not so much. <laughs> right. So then I'd be interested to get your opinion on this, because I've really, I mean, I've never really had much experience with noise cancelling headphones. Um, so on the side, you'll see there's a, a, a button that is noise cancelling activation, which is on now, there where your left thumb is. And it's also got an open mic feature, which is very cool. What it allows you to do is you flip the switch and it's got microphones outside that will actually pick up um, audio around you, it'll amplify it. So it's quite handy. I mean, if I'm in the office and I'm listening to music, I can flip that on yeah. if somebody's talking to me and I could actually hear them. It's, it, it's very cool the way it works. So let me just quickly um, pop some music on there. I hope it's right, so I'm putting on these headphones to now. If you start singing, it's got nothing to do oh, with the podcast. Oh, that is very good. Okay, so it is quite loud yep. now. I don't know if Duncan can hear me. Don't want to listen to too long because I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, that's the sound is quite good, eh? Very good, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a nice, very nice deep bass in it. The high oh, that, tones that sounds are incredible. spectacular. Stephen, if you want to have a listen. I know you would have an opinion about what is a good audio. Stephen has them on. Oh, is it playing or not? No, it's probably... Uh, he, he's, he's just looking at me, so I presume he can't hear me. It's a, it's a nice little oh, tune from Marilyn good. Manson. I'm not sure if it uh, if it's his music style, but um, that did not sound like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, it's new it's song. Very clever. As you they, as you take them off, instead of polluting the air, they go quiet. Yes. When you yes. put them on, they come back on. Oh, that's, that's nice. Clever. That is very nice. That is one of my favorite. Yeah, there we go. Too. Yeah, it just plays. Like I said, I've always liked Plantronics. I think they make great equipment. I've got some. There's also um, the local guy showed me. There's a version of this headset coming out for um, office use for businesses. You know, Plantronics works closely with Microsoft and Skype. To, you know, for you know the, the conference calls. Yeah. And there's a version of this headset that's designed with a special microphone array, so that when you speak, it kind of creates this. I don't know the way they call it, like a bubble around your uh, mouth to get uh, obviously the best audio quality when you speak in a loud office environment so I'm o- I'll be also keen to, to, to see that anything that makes call centers better is not good it's so not good yeah please HD <laughs> moving audio. on right. HD audio in the call center I hate them but yeah this is the Backbeat Pro to I like it um, battery life I mean I charged it mm, last week and I've been using it every day and the batteries haven't run out so yet. I well, seem to remember seeing somewhere it's about 30 hours 20, 20, this is 24 hours constant oh. play, yeah. but I haven't charged it. In fact, I don't think I charged it out of the box, and it was a sealed box that I took it out of, um, and it's still going. So, mm. I mean, it's mm. probably not been more than 25 hours worth of audio listening, but yeah, it's been nice. Because uh, I like Plantronics. <laughs> I haven't tried these, but one day I'll speak to them. So, Stephen, what have you mm. got? Well, since we're talking all about Nokia, what about the Nokia 8? Right here in front of me, I left the V30 at home. Sorry, I can't show you what it sounds like. <laughs> oh, but damn. But it's the Nokia 8. I think for yeah. under 10 grand, it ticks every single box 
in the tech field. I mean, the same process as all the top end guys. Yeah. Screen, the compromises are few. One, build quality is not maybe as solid as the top end guys. And the screen is not uh, quad HD, which really doesn't make much difference. No. And it's maybe a little less saturated and brilliant looking than the top end devices. But for 50 to 60% less, yeah. you're getting a great front camera, back camera, which can work together in a manner that I won't mention. Um, it's got good battery life, really good bursy? battery. No, 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 <laughs> don't say that word. Really, you'll take us down there, down a path. It runs literally the latest version of Android. Um, the Android 8 update just came through now. Okay. It's still beta, but I requested it online and I've just got the SMS or the message to say, you need to update. So it runs pure Android, what they call it. The only app on here that is modified from standard Android is the camera app. But even Pixel, the Pixel phone, runs standard Android but runs its own camera app. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fair game. And I actually asked them yesterday, I said, what happens when you update? How much work do you have to do to fix the camera app? They said, nah, not a big deal. We'll fix it quick. I suppose if you get this phone, though, through an operator, you're going to get the bloatware from the operator. Vodacom are the worst in that regard. Yes. As soon as you log in, they download a whole lot of stuff. The yes. difference is... And on the Samsung, for example, I cannot get rid of some of that bloatware. Yeah. On this phone, they say, I haven't tried because I'm running it on Telcom, which has no bloatware, right. um, that you can actually uninstall it with oh. no problem. It's oh, not good. locked bloatware. I was wondering about that, actually, because yeah. my wife's looking to buy a Nokia 8, and um, uh, she, you, know, you can buy it through Vodacom, but our concern is we don't want the Vodacom app stuck on the thing. No, they can't. It, it comes, but you can delete it. Oh, I'll try good. that. I'll pop into Vodacom SIM in here, mm. and I'll let you know. Okay. Because... Really, uh, other than that, the fingerprint sensor is in the right place. It's really good. It's not to do with the SIM, though. It's, it's, when the it's, the, it's a custom ROM that the no, operator puts on it. No, it's an operator profile. So what happens, you put your SIM in, yeah. and then the SIM says, ah, I'm a Vodacom SIM. Like you on the old Blackberries. Remember, yeah. it used to change the loading screen. Mm. It used to just say Blackberry. Then you put a Vodacom SIM. The next thing it says, Vodacom, when you switch the phone on. Yes. It's, a, it's an operator profile that's sent by the operator down to the phone. Oh, I thought that was a custom ROM that the operator no, requested no, from the no, manufacturer. No. They can, but they don't do that anymore because the, oh, yeah. the manufacturers are not that keen. So it's mm. actually a software patch that gets downloaded once you install. And depending on the actual uh, device, mm -hmm. It's sometimes sticky, other times you can uninstall it, other times you can't. But this one they say you can just uninstall and get rid of it if you don't want it. But I must say the Vodacom app itself yeah. to check your balances and that's fine. It's when they try to put their cloud rubbish on and yes. all sorts of other assorted stuff that's a pain. But you can delete it as far yeah. as I'm aware. Oh, so good. overall I think value for money, hard to beat. Yeah. A reputable company, heard of Nokia, haven't you? No, never. Fiber Night Company. Yeah, Didn't they, they do toilet paper today, once? No, they did rubber, rubber boots. boots. Rubber boots, <laughs> was that it? And, and the tires. They did do paper at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, and, it, and it's just well made. It feels a lot more expensive yeah, good than, pick. It, good than pick. it looks. Good pick. My pick this week is the new Firefox. Have you guys played mm, with it? I have. Oh, oh man, man, man. It's a long time. It is fast. It's, um, it's really fast. It's, it's called the Quantum Browser. Um, it's a complete rewrite of Firefox. Uh, of the underlying code and um, Firefox had really become this bloated, yeah, slow browser. And you know, I think a lot of people moved to Chrome because mm -hmm. of that, or maybe even to Safari. But the new, the new um, Firefox has got a beautiful new interface. It is it's clean. It is as fast as Chrome. I actually think it's faster. Than it could Chrome. even be faster. Certainly, and when it comes to loading, it's much less of a memory hog. I must tell you. Yeah, well, Chrome well, is memory. I've Chrome. got multiple tabs Jeez. open. It's Chrome is a problem. The more you use Chrome, it just eats your memory. Before you know it, you've got like ten gig all tied up in Chrome. Google's going to have to rewrite Chrome at some point. 
Um, but but certainly the new for Firefox is a much cleaner interface. Um, the add-ons that I use will seem to still work, uh, but it is super fast and uh, and pretty slick. Uh, a couple of niggles I noticed in TweetDeck, for example, the columns between the the sorry the, the sliders. TweetDeck, you still use TweetDeck? Oh yeah, wow, TweetDeck's the best. I thing love ever. TweetDeck. I'm not mad about TweetDeck. What do you what do you use? Um, Probably Hootsuite. I use Hootsuite. Hootsuite. It's it's more configurable, but There's two kind of people in this world: those who use Hootsuite and those who use oh. TweetDeck. <laughs> <One of> the, <laughs> tweet the truth be told, the whole Twitter thing is just a whole another story. But anyway, um, yeah, I would imagine it's a new browser; must have a few issues here and there. Yeah, of but course. overall, it's fast. Though the other browser that's really fast, a lot faster than Chrome, is actually the Microsoft Edge. Uh, Edge. Yeah, and I'm running the latest beta here, and it's got some really. It's now the. Um, it's now. Got a whole lot of add-ons that you can install, which you can oh, finally. So Chrome finally, they get it right. Chrome, yeah. not you can't take Chrome add-ons, but like for Wasn't example, wasn't that the plan though? Weren't they going to? Yeah, make they it were. Compatible? But I think they dropped that whole story. Oh, did they? But like the Dashlane add-on now works. Dashlane now works I in saw, Edge. Yeah. Mm, I saw that. So, yeah, and you can now get Microsoft Edge for Android. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's in beta. Oh yeah, mm. that's interesting. There you go. Well, so Microsoft are on a, on the comeback trail. And next next thing uh, we're going to have Edge on iOS. No, I can't actually wait for that. Day. I can't wait. I was going to say, can you hang about that? Can't wait for Microsoft Edge on your iPhone. Yeah. It's never appealed to me. I mean, it's never. I mean, I guess it hasn't really appealed to me either. But it it is always pretty snappy. I use it as a backup browser if I need to go go onto a website where I, you know I don't want to log in or something mm. for some reason. Like you want to stalk someone on LinkedIn and you don't yeah, want you them don't to want, see you it. Don't want to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, but the new Firefox is very good. If you haven't been using Firefox for a while, I think you'd be very surprised if you installed this and had a look at it. I'm doing it right away. Go give it a shot. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think yeah. it's actually a gr- it was a significant update. And yes. I mean, some of the technical Long stuff behind it is pretty amazing. And the memory thing is huge. I yeah. mean, often, especially on laptops, I mean, you try to keep as many open as you want, but you can't because you do run out of memory. There's also a new version for Android, which I haven't tried yet, and apparently also... Offers big improvements, um, but uh, I'll give that a bash over the next uh, the next few weeks. But I'm I'm actually seriously considering um, just de- making Chrome Firefox my default browser just for a week, just to, to try it out. Try it out. And, yeah. It's worth a shot. See what does and doesn't work. Mm. Like often, weird websites work on weird times. Like we were trying to do something with the government stuff. I shouldn't mention that, but um, and it works only on Chrome. Oh, how weird! It was on Safari. It was giving endless trouble. Go to Chrome, just work. Well, they're probably designing the, sh- the web page and the front page. Front page 98. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll work in Internet yeah. Exploder. Yeah. Yeah. Internet Exploder. Exploder. <laughs> <laughs> Version 4.0 which is still on Windows hidden. 95. It's still hidden in every Windows. It's still there, yeah. Which is quite weird. Yeah. Well, you fire it up now on Windows 10 and says, you shouldn't really be using this browser. Don't use it, but we give it to you just because. Yeah. Yeah. And have you noticed if you go to Microsoft's homepage now, it, it says, in, in Chrome, it says, don't you want to try a new super-fast browser? Click here to make Edge your de- default. I suppose I'm Google sorry. does Chrome, the same. Chrome used to do exactly the same Google, thing. D- if you go to the Google website, oh, yeah. Microsoft Edge, it says install Chrome. Yeah. 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 So that is our extra super long uh, episode of Talk Central. Um, it's been a great discussion today. Stephen, thanks so much for, for joining Pleasure. us. and uh, Really been great fun. Providing your insights on uh, the smartphone market. There is a lot happening there, and uh, certainly 2018 is uh, shaping It's going to be another hot year, I must tell you. Interesting year. I can't believe we're only a few months from the launch of the <laughs> Galaxy S9. And that's what's so sad. I mean, phones are launching now, now. Yeah. And in three months' time, there's going to be 
a whole new generation of phones. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a bit daunting. People keep saying, why should I buy now? Should I wait? I said, well, you'll wait forever. <laughs> yeah, I've learned long ago not to do that wait for the next tech. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you can get now. Just make sure you're in the right upgrade cycle. That's my, my thing. Yeah. Before we wrap, wrap up the show, let's do our quiz results. Rachel, do you want to do the first question? Sure thing. The first question this week's quiz. Who has been appointed as the new CEO of MultiChoice South Africa? And the answer there is Kalva Mawela. Last person's share price touched a new record high this week. Why? And that's Tencent published blowout quarterly results. And, of course, Nasparis owns one-third of Tencent. The third question. US-based Seaborne Networks is building a new submarine cable from South Africa to Brazil. What is it called? And the answer there is Sabre. Tesla's new Roadster accelerates from zero to 100 kilometers an hour in how many seconds? And Rechard still wants to get the truck. Uh, the answer in 1.9 seconds. I'll still blow you away in your Roadster. <laughs> and the final question this week's quiz. SpaceX is due this week to launch a secretive payload into space on behalf of the U.S. government. What is this payload called? And the answer there is dun, 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 Zuma. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I thought it was uh, the other fellow. What's his name? You, you thought we were actually sending him? Yeah. Oh, you thought oh, we were actually no, doing No, no, no. I thought they were getting rid of their president. Not uh, ours, but yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Got, maybe they got the name wrong. Maybe, it's, I'm happy. maybe they're sending Bob up into space. Yeah. But that's our show. As always, if you've got any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techcentral.co.za. Uh, Rechard and I will be back next week. Stephen, thanks for joining us. And, Pleasure. Uh, until next time. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.